Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. On today's episode of the Fieldhouse Files, we're talking about Pacers injuries with Jeff Stotts, the founder of InStreetClothes.com, who covers NBA injuries and explains them better than anyone. A theme for this Pacers season has been players missing time. So we'll go through three key injuries with Jeff Stotts. And welcome into another episode of the Fieldhouse Files. I'm Scott Agnes. Well, we have less than 20 games remaining, and despite a rough go injury-wise this season, Pacers still are fifth in the Eastern Conference and just two games out of fourth. So all things considered, honestly, that's quite remarkable. But we have had injuries playing a significant factor all season long. It seems like it's something we're asking and talking with Coach Nate McMillan after every practice and before every game. And it's something I covered in depth this week on The Athletic, but I wanted to go deeper than that here on the podcast. It's also worth noting that the Pacers have one of the most respected training staffs in the league. I remember C.J. Miles saying they were the best he's worked with, and when Lance Stevenson came back the second time, the group he said he missed the most was, in fact, the training staff. For the Pacers, that group is led by Josh Corbeil. He's the head athletic trainer. He's also the senior director of medical operations. Kind of manages the entire group, which continues to grow. They're at three physical therapists right now, and he's the one you'll see sitting at the front of the bench. There's also Carl Eaton, Patrick Gilbert, and Sean Wendell as well. And just last season, they were the recipients of the Joe O'Toole and David Craig Athletic Training Staff of the Year Award presented by the National Basketball Athletic Trainers Association. So this is a good group and not at all a reflection of them, just honestly a combination of bad luck and something they've had to manage through throughout the season. So now, here's my conversation with Jeff Stotts from InStreetClothes.com. All right, as promised, I welcome in Jeff Stotts to discuss kind of the, the key idea behind this Pacer season, and sadly, it has been injuries, as I wrote on The Athletic. This season, for all the good that has come out of it, from all we have learned from so many newcomers, and however far they go in the postseason, this season ultimately has been defined by injuries. So I want to welcome in the go-to guy when it comes to injuries, certainly in the NBA, and that's Jeff Stotts, the founder of InStreetClothes.com. He covers and explains, most importantly, I think, to people like me, NBA injuries, and he's done it for quite a while now. So, Jeff, first of all, thanks for taking time. And and uh, before we get rolling, I'd love to just kind of hear a brief background of why you felt this was a need and then how you came to cover the league and launch your own website. Well, I appreciate you having me on. You know, I'm an athletic trainer by trade. Um, it's something I've always kind of had a passion for. I was on the med school track and kind of got a little bit diverted and, and really still wanted to be in the medical field. Man, I just always loved sports, particularly basketball. And I just kind of thought it would make sense to combine the two. Um, I, I really had aspirations of being in the NBA as an athletic trainer in the NBA. Um, I spent I did my graduate work at Texas Tech. Um, got to spend a season with Coach Knight in the in the basketball team while he was there, um, and just loved being around basketball. But uh, I met a girl, <laughs> and <laughs> priorities changed a little yeah. bit, and 
uh, I was fortunate enough to meet with a couple of different training staffs around the NBA and realize what a commitment those guys make in their lives. And it just wasn't something I felt really comfortable at that time. So um, I shifted around to a couple of different athletic training jobs. I've worked at various levels. Um, I'm currently the, the head athletic trainer for a high school uh, and, and love my job, but still kind of had this NBA itch. And uh, I spent a good chunk of time writing for Rotowire. I'm still the injury analyst for Rotowire. Um, breaking down injuries for for uh, fantasy purposes. So, um, you know, everybody that's invested in fantasy wants to know how long their guy's going to be out. So I started <laughs> trying to fill in the gaps and make people understand what was going on. And that's going to Jeff. That's noticed, that's only going to get worse, so to speak, now with gambling as well. I've noticed yeah, it with my uh, Twitter feeds. It's it's two o'clock in the afternoon, and they're wondering what the seventh player on the Pacers roster, what his availability is for the night. Oh, it's a huge application of the data and the database that I've built and really just curiosity, you know, um, for, from, from the, from the gamblers as well. You know, it definitely is going to be something that's going to get, um, heightened even more as we, as we progress. But, you know, I, I really kind of noticed that there was this hole in NBA injury information. And so I had a couple of different conversations with a couple of different NBA people that I had been fortunate to meet, uh, and kind of said, I had this idea that I want to track the injury information for various players. Um, I think I'm going to build a database and use that to fuel my writing. Uh, and uh, I met Will Carroll. You know Will. Will Absolutely. Well. Right here um, from Central Indiana, or lives here in yeah. Central Indiana. Yeah. And so Will Will's like, dude, you got to do it. Nobody nobody knows the NBA like you do. You're a diehard NBA fan, and you know this stuff. Go for it. And I still was on the fence. I had one more conversation with Zach Lowe kind of pushed me in the right direction as well and and i just said all right i'm gonna do it i'm gonna i'm gonna start my website based on this database but i need to be to build the database first so i spent two years of tracking information uh i actually launched the website in streetclothes.com um with five years of data and then as during that second year filled in the gaps and so my database goes back to 2005 2006 when the change in the collective bargaining agreement occurred and we got rid of that inactive list uh that, you know, was a mandatory five games missed and it kind of skewed the number. You saw rookies going on the IL for a hamstring strain and they would miss basically the season because <laughs> they weren't needed. You know, they were, they were your day-to-day inactives. So, um, use that to, to fuel my writing and then just started to continue to write and launch the site. And it's been, been, been very fun the last couple of years to see it kind of grow and, and, you know, gain some notoriety for, for something I love to do. And I know for individuals like myself and media, and I assume fans as well, it becomes a, a valuable resource when things uh, like Jeremy Lamb's type injury happens or Brogdon, and, and they're using the technical terms, and we don't know exactly what it is. And we'll get to those specific injuries here in, in just a little bit. But yeah, you build up this database of so your ranking teams based on games lost, and sal- salary lost, all the key metrics. Um, for the teams in terms of this season uh, it got off to a bad start and it seems like it has continued um, especially when it comes to these elite stars Jeff Steph Curry Clay Thompson Durant Blake Griffin you can go down the list Victor Oladipo here locally from your medical perspective has it been as bad as it feels um, in terms of games lost from these elite stars and just around the league yeah yeah I, I think you got a couple things going on here number one you have stars injured, right? Like those guys gain headlines. And we knew coming into the season that we were going to miss the entire season from, from probably from clay, definitely Durant. And, and then we had a couple other guys that you just, John wall, that you, you know, you didn't know where they're going to come back, what, what their recovery was going to look like. 
and and it's just been they've they've been long recoveries. So we're talking about eighty two games lost for those guys, and then you couple that with the fact that we are on pace to have right there with the highest totals in recent memory of total games lost. So it's it's a little bit of both. I mean, it, it definitely feels bad because we're missing you know the star power is missing and then and then again you 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 know one one to two weeks into the season you have Steph Curry break his hand and he has a prolonged recovery and Kyrie Irving has his shoulder impingement and so all these guys that uh, DeMarcus Cousins you know another guy that you know we'd hope to be back are are sitting on the sidelines in street clothes and not playing and (laughs) brilliant name by the way for your site it works out nicely yeah how, how long? Exactly. I, how long did that take to come up with? By the way, because I know naming things, naming a podcast, can be exhausting. To be honest, because you never feel like you get it right. I think you got it right. Well, I appreciate it. that. Was that was what my article, my NBA article on RotoWire was called originally, um, and then we just kind of phased that that title out. But I kind of I just liked the way it sounded, and so I asked the RotoWire guys, "Hey, I'm gonna launch a site. Do y'all care if I carry that over?" And they're like, "Oh, absolutely not. Go for it." And so. In street clothes, it, <clears throat> I get confused for some fashion um, <laughs> sites every now and then. Um, yeah. And, you know, with the world of the NBA like it is in fashion, that's not surprising. But uh, I, I think all the basketball fans understand um, in street clothes isn't always the best place to be. But but it's <laughs> I'm trying to make it something that can be helpful. It was concerning uh, earlier this month when you sent out the tweet, the total number of NBA games lost has surpassed 4,000. That, that was just staggering to me when you put it into that perspective, when you compile all the teams. That's a significant loss and a significant hit for the NBA, isn't it? Yeah, and that doesn't include the load management slash rest games, whatever you want to call it. Um, it, it also doesn't include the two-way contract injuries. So um, we're trying to keep it at you know as comparable as possible years past. And so there's, there's other variables in play that could potentially inflate that a little bit more. You know, when we're looking at trends in the NBA – in the 2016-2017 season, we lost a total of 4,197 games, okay. um, which that was a three-year trend of injuries going down. Actually, four-year trend of injuries going down. They had been progressively going down since really the lockout, and it was very encouraging. You know, we were seeing some changes to the schedule, but then we had this huge spike within the last three seasons that have just been you know, last two seasons have been over 5,000. We're going to get a third year over 5,000 this year. Uh, and it's, it's been frustrating, obviously, from, from a medical standpoint, because you want to pinpoint what the heck is going on and why are these guys, guys missing time. But from just fan, a fandom sake, you know, you're missing guys like Duran or Curry or Cousins or, or Oladipo or all these guys that have, have suffered these injuries, and it's, it's just very frustrating. Is there – any overlying trend that you you've established or understood or obviously a lot of us like to point to now you're you're reaching the generation right that grew up playing often the AAU days where you're playing five games a day that's oftentimes uh, one of these injuries or one of the considerations for all these injuries another one I know we talk about a lot as well Jeff is just the fact that these athletes are, are freak athletes doing things faster quicker more powerful than ever before yeah, the, we're we're seeing an alarming trend with younger guys coming in um, injured. <clears throat> I mean, you think about the the rookie classes of the last several years. Joel Embiid missed two seasons, but where he got going, Ben Simmons missed the season. Um, a lot of N- Nerlens Noel, a lot of these other guys are coming in, and, and they're coming in with pre-existing injuries, and, and it's it's very frustrating from, because it inflates the numbers, and it, it you know the medical staffs can't don't always have control over who the team drafts. So, you know, you get a guy like Embiid who 
was it was a no brainer to take him uh, when you see now that he's healthy. But he's going to miss. We they knew he was going to miss time no matter what happened. So uh, they've got to just do everything they can to be. Um, proactive in his recovery and how can they get him on the court so and, and the belief there is you know it, it linked to the aau the the style of play the manner in which these guys are loading their bodies at a younger age so they're coming in already to the league with more miles on their on their body i mean it's it's the whole uh tire comparison right you put yeah. you, you you rotate your tires on your car frequently um, but these guys are, are not. They're just loading their bodies in the same manner. They're not rotating the tires. They're not playing other sports. They're focused on basketball, which is which is good from a skill standpoint. But you need to give your body a break, especially a young developing body. Uh, so many of these guys are entering the league at younger ages now, and they're still growing. I mean, Giannis, Anthony Davis, these guys grew once joining the league. You know, so uh, there's really there's really a lot of factors in play that that have led to these uh, these troubling trends but hopefully we can start to pinpoint what's going on and recognize them quicker and sooner so we can we can have guys healthy and to that point a kind of a necessary evil for so many of these first year guys those being drafted is they start off on a terrible note right like throughout may they're flying all across the country even into june they may do upwards of 20 workouts in 20 different cities. Then they're going to their their um, agency workout. Then there's the draft. Then you're getting right into summer league. So much wear and tear on those players, even up to mid-July, um, as they're still trying to figure out their place in the league and those sort of things. That's one thing, I think. Now let's get right into the Pacers. Take a deep dive on them. I'm on your site in streetclothes.com, and it shows us right away that last year, the Pacers ranked fourth in the NBA in games lost, so that's a very respectable number at just 104. For example, already with about 18 games left, Pacers have already surpassed 160 um, when you include all their players and all this. And the biggest challenge for me, Jeff, that I've seen is it's nothing significant outside of Jeremy Lamb, really. It's all these sore lower backs, hamstrings, those different things, these small injuries that have added up. And I was talking to Nate McMillan about it the other day, and he also mentioned how the change in the NBA schedule, he feels, has contributed to more games lost because they're getting less time between games. They're playing nearly every other day. And so there's few times where they have two, three, four days off um, throughout an NBA season. I thought that was an interesting perspective. Yeah, and you also have to remember – at least what 41 of the guys 50 of those games are, are Oladipo as well who that injury occurred last season so mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about you know a carryover effect from the previous season and you know last year's total was particularly impressive when you consider that you know Oladipo did end up missing the final 46 games of the season you know like he he missed a huge chunk and they still only missed 104 games um, and to have that carryover in this year again is is reflective of the fact that you know, that that injury is impactful on two years. You know, it, it's not just one, it's two. And then, you know, you'll see that total continue to go up with Lamb and, and Brogdon being out. Um, but, but but that's the one good thing that, you know, that, that you can look at is even though there have been a couple of big ones, they, they still do a great job of keeping those numbers low um, outside those one or two really impactful injuries. I don't know how often or how uh, other teams handle it necessarily, but the big thing, Josh, the head athletic trainer for the Pacers, Josh Corbeil and his staff, focus on uh, more so than I think others. It seems like it's what they term prehab, is where even if you don't have an injury, they're doing preventative maintenance. They want nearly every guy in every single day to touch up, to prevent um, these type of things. I think that's a smart tactic. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, and that's that's everybody involved. Carl, Sean, Wendell, all those guys do a great job of of communicating, making sure these guys are taking care of of the stuff in between. It's the behind the scenes stuff with with the training staff and the players themselves that you don't see that really goes into goes into that factors into their overall health and the success that this group has had. You know, they they really do a good job of of preventative care because if you can, it's hard. It's hard to prevent an injury. You you cannot you cannot completely eliminate risk, but you can mitigate that risk, and you can put your players in the best position to absorb low, to absorb absorb various stresses played, and, and and really, if you look at some of the injuries that they've had, that have inflated their numbers, they, they've been kind of freak injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, Oladipo's in, his injury was a weird full court kind of got his leg trapped underneath him. <laughs> awkward step it wasn't a non-contact injury where his you know his muscle tendon tore it was just it was like it was it was a weird play and same with lamb lamb gets kind of clipped going up to, to dunk the ball and comes down awkwardly on that knee it's not like he was landing on his own and unable to withstand those forces and i mean you can even go further back and say look they they lost 76 games to paul george for an injury that didn't occur you know <clears throat> with them yeah. it happened with team usa and that's you know um, an unfortunate injury and i'm so glad that, that paul george has bounced back from that but you know those those are the kinds of things that that can be very problematic and the other thing to, to consider is once you're having to deal with a player's injury and his rehab, that can take away from the preventative care. You know, you're so focused on that guy getting healthy that maybe it takes away from the time you spend with, with another guy doing his prehab care. And that's where I think Indiana's staff does just a great job because they're able to say, hey, I'm going to focus on these guys while you guys take care of the other ones because they, they've got a great staff that's had a lot of continuity. And, that, and that's key. Yeah, absolutely. That was one thing I was going to touch on. Those individuals even predated me when I worked as a ball kid for the Pacers way back in the day. I think they all started right about 2003-2004 and have been together as a core group ever since and even added to the staff. So now they have three um, physical therapists. And I think the impressive thing, at least to me, um, with this staff, Jeff, is the fact that they are not just athletic trainers in all of this. They have the other requisites that you would better understand, but they have those titles that, you know, physical therapists, so they can not only um, care for a, an injury on the bench, what have you, but get a player through rehab. And um, that seems like a substantial item that they view as mandatory. And I think that's sure. cool. Yeah. And when you have a guy that's got a diverse background, but y'all can all speak the common language, um, it, it's key. It's communication is so key in this business. And so if everybody is on the same page with how, what the approach is going to look like, you know, all those letters after your name are, are purely beneficial, right? Because yeah. we all, they all know what's going on and the approach is going to be the same. And, um, you know, but there's also a diver- diversity to it where it's not just, you know, an athlete trainer. It's also a physical therapist or a strength and conditioning coach, you know, those kinds of things where we're all, we're talking the same language, but there's, there is a little bit of diversity to it. <laughs> Josh has about six different titles pt dpt things none of our audience even understands but it is is funny to me and and so i do have a running joke too with josh whenever i see him i usually go what's up doc um because he is a doctor of physical therapy uh and, and all of that um in terms of the, the the pacers and how they're viewed league-wide i know this is one thing that you um, mentioned in your article i even included in my athletic article one of the better staffs across the league um a top if you even have a, a top your list is aaron nelson who's now with new orleans still kind of the guideline or is there kind of just a nice grouping at the top which of course the Pacers fit under 
yeah, you know, Aaron Nelson and his success in Phoenix was one of the reasons why I actually started tracking the staffs because I, I I'd always heard oh Phoenix's staff is fantastic. I wanted to know why, you know, like I, I really wanted to dive into yeah. to, to and figure out why people thought that and is it true? Um, and and the proof was in the pudding. I mean, the numbers were fantastic for Phoenix. Um, San Antonio has always historically been good. Uh, Will Spending and their and their staff has always been huh. been really good. I mean, really, they're they're one of the staffs that you know really kind of gave birth to this whole load management rest thing um, with San Antonio because San Antonio has been resting their players. And that's not necessarily to say that they were in charge of the load management issues, but you know, they've, they were able to do things based on their success where they were able to buy players time off during the regular season because they understood the importance of, of entering the postseason healthy uh, and written really, you know, Dallas is up there. Um, Oklahoma city has historically been up there as well. I mean, I'll, Every staff in the NBA is good at what they do. You know, it, it, it's and it's so unfair to like pin. It's probably the like NBA the players, right? At the, to be at this level, you have to be among the best. Like correct. there, there aren't correct. any horrible NBA players. You just wouldn't make it. Correct, correct. And and the thing you have to remember is, you know, sometimes who ends up. It, on their roster is outside their control as well. It's just like the way, you know, we can't necessarily blame coaches always for success. It's the same with players. You know, if if they warn a team, Hey, you know, this guy's got some, some medical red flags, but that team still invests in that, you know, in that guy, who is that reflective on? Right. And that's, that's one of the things where um, it it can be difficult. And sometimes the numbers can be a bit misleading and you always kind of want to try to look beyond the numbers and, and focus on, okay, if those numbers were high, why were they high? And okay, well maybe that should have been picked up, but you know, there was nothing you were going to be able to do with, with that guy or or those kinds of things. All week, we're going to hear when and you're in, which means it's conference tournament time. Who's going to be representing the big 10 in March mania. We'll know by Sunday. But what I know right now is DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, can get you in on all the college hoops action. As the madness begins, DraftKings Sportsbook has great promos and odds boosts happening all week. DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe and secure betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's no wonder the DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FAST. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget, enter code FAST and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Indiana only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, let's touch on the Pacers' three key injuries, starting with Victor, obviously a ruptured right quad tendon. And for me and you alike, this is something I'm sure we both had to do our research on because it is just not a, a normal, common injury in the NBA or seen in professional athletes. What have you made of uh, it? what we've seen from him and then I thought it was also noteworthy Jeff the fact that um and not a criticism just noteworthy that he waited till essentially a year to come back where we have seen a guy like Tony Parker um come back earlier I think that's more just a league-wide trend of guys being more cautious and taking their time coming back sure so so his injury was unique because so the quadricep muscle group is that big meaty muscle on the, on the front of your thigh um, it's it's like its name suggests made up of four muscles and those four muscles share a conjoined tendon which runs the length of the leg 
and the kneecap actually floats within that tendon and it attaches just, just below the kneecap uh, at, at a spot called the tibial tuberosity. And generally that's the area that we, that fails. We call that the patellar tendon. You've seen that tons of times in the NBA, Baron Davis, Karam Butler. Um, these guys have suffered patellar tendon ruptures or tears. Uh, and so we have a little bit more to go off of with that injury. However, the, the muscle failing above where we call the quad tendon is a little bit more unusual. The only, you know, like, like you said, the big notable one was to us, Tony Parker. And so Oladipo is kind of one of a, kind of a case study, a good case study of yeah. how this is going to, um, what's the recovery going to look like? How is his performance going to go on moving forward? What's it going to look like, you know, next year, is there any lingering soreness in the knee, those kinds of things. And, and, you know, to, to talk on his extended, absence you know i think that's probably a wise approach by the pacer staff you know taking a conservative approach with a guy of his caliber at that point you know at that point of his career with this magnitude of injury it's important to make sure that he is as close to 100 percent as possible uh the the pacer's success obviously with him out helped buy them some time they didn't feel have to feel rushed to, to go one way or the other but but i i really like the way he's played and i think it's going to take still take some time before he's back to being himself but you know he, he did look fluid on that that game winner last night in, in dallas um and and there'll be things that about him that will come back with time as he gets more reps and and learns to trust that leg i know the one, only thing that has pacer fans a little bit concerned is how since he's come back he, he's been kept out of the lineup just a couple games here and there because of what has kind of been expected i believe in terms of swellness and soaring does that make sense to you as well yeah, and I mean, I think you got to remember a major muscle group was torn <laughs> and repaired, and you know we're asking a lot of that muscle group to play a basketball game. You know, you use that muscle walking to the car, you know, like and to to run, jump, and play the style that that Oladipo plays. It's a lot on that muscle, and of course, there's going to be so, some cautious approach to handling how he he responds to playing at a high level. Uh, for an extended period of time for extended minutes um, and really you'll start to see hopefully you'll start to see some improvement and some lengthening of the minutes lengthening of you know the leash per se and, and just let him and be him and, and hopefully we'll get back to a high level of play um, relatively soon and I said all along this is kind of just a, a feeling out season it's going to be we've seen with players in the past with significant injuries like Paul George like Gordon Hayward that after coming back from injury you have kind of a grace period if you will or a figuring it out period then the next year is when you can kind of hopefully get backed into gear so that's kind of all along what I have expected um, from Victor now let's turn to Jeremy Lamb the Pacers were had a complete full roster available for Nate McMillan less than four games we were up in Toronto he went up to dunk it player came behind him and and led to an awkward falling i'm gonna make a an idiot out of myself reading a couple of these terms and then you can explain them for for us jeremy lamb three injuries to his uh left knee it was a torn acl we know what that is a meniscus and then a lateral femoral condylar fracture do your thing jeff you did fine man you did did a good job (laughs) so so really you've got a trifecta of injuries here you've got a bone injury with the lateral lateral condyle fracture. You've got the ACL tear, which is ligament, and then meniscus, which is cartilage. Um, and and what people tend to forget is we rarely see an isolated ACL tear. The force needed to tear an ACL generally t- does damage somewhere else. It, it happens. There have been plenty of cases, uh, plenty of times of of guys tearing isolated ACLs, but generally, especially in a collision like that, 
you're going to, you're going to suffer more, more damage. So meniscus injuries are very common, um, corresponding injuries with ACL tears. Uh, the, and, and really even the bone injury is a little bit more common than you would think. A lot of times what happens is when the knee is hyperextended or awkwardly twisted, the bones of the upper leg bone and the, the lower leg bone, the tibia, they collide. And so you end up with bone contusions on the surface of each of those bones. If, if that happens, it's called a kissing contusion where the two bones hit and both are bruised. If the impact is forceful enough, it can lead to breaking of the, of that bone. And that, that's what happened in this case. So we had some, some, the lateral femoral condyle was just the, the rounded area uh, of the outside aspect of his knee um, that articulates with that meniscus is fractured. So, uh, you know, it's going to likely be a little bit longer recovery based on the fact that he's got uh, so many injuries in a, yeah. with instead of just an ACL tear. But it's it's not as uncommon as people think, and really it's going to be interesting to see uh, what what details are surface regarding the injury and the and the recovery and the and the necessary surgery. Um, but, but I'm, you know, I do think this is obviously going to be an injury that carries over into next season and keeps him out for a substantial part, a substantial bit of time. And like with Oladipo, that's the worst thing when it comes down to it, you not only lose him for the rest of this year, but perhaps up to all of next season. And he is under contract for then another season after that. And as of now, I'm told no updates on his health in terms of deciding on surgery or having surgery. So um, now a couple of weeks removed from that. And I don't believe he has uh, proceeded with any decision just yet. Our last one, Malcolm Brogdon, a torn left rectus femoris. And this is his sixth documented injury this year. So first of all, can you explain this injury? And then any chance some of these other things, a sore lower back, a sore hamstring, led to anything like this? Or do you view this as kind of an isolated injury? I think it would be unwise to completely say they don't. There's potential for there to be some kind of of carryover. Um, But, you know, the thing that there's no way to be certain at this point, right? Like I think you have to at least examine it and say, Hey, was there something that potentially led to this? What does my kinetic chain look like? Was there an imbalance? Could we have seen this coming or was there something we missed? Cause I, I think any good staff, when an injury occurs, they they're going to look at every variable possible to, to understand what happened. Uh, and so I think there is some concern, obviously there there's also the big thing for me is Brogdon's medical history. Um, he's had some quad issues in, in the past. So the rectus femoris is just one of the uh, quadricep muscles. So we talked about there are four, four muscles. The rectus femoris is the big one right down the middle. Um, and so a lot of times this is probably more common in the NBA than we, than we realize. It's just called a quad strain or a quad tear, and we don't necessarily call it that. But but Brogdon does have a history of quad injuries, and including a um, – a quad tendon tear, a partial tear, uh, in the 2017-2018 season. So, so there is some some history there, uh, and really, you know, looking at some of the other injuries that were comparable, it's going to be you know some some time that he misses. It's it's definitely mm-hmm. not going to be a quick fix, um, but hopefully, uh, you know, they can get ahead of it. You know, a tear, a tear is a little bit can be misleading because. We grade injuries, muscle strains, particularly on on a scale. A grade one strain is a, is a low low grade strain, very minimal damage. It's more to the fibers themselves than 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 true muscle fiber. It's microfibers than, than instead of true fibers. Excuse me. And then up the grade two or the partial tear is is tearing of the muscle. So it's possible he has a 
you know, grade two tear where there's a partial tear, but it's not a complete tear. A grade three or higher generally means a rupture. And the fact that there's, they, they haven't called it. That makes me think it's kind of somewhere maybe between a, a two and a three. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he progresses, how they do, you know, he's in good hands, like we've said. And, and I'm hoping that, you know, we, we hopefully enter the postseason with him, you know, healthy and, and close to what he was because he's such a big, big key to what that bench does. Yeah, five weeks remain in the regular season. I was told to expect him out to miss a minimum of two weeks. And the fact that the Pacers are exploring other options of bodies to bring in kind of suggests it's that and then some perhaps. So you have to you have to also consider all your options here during the critical portion of the stretch. But Jeff, you were outstanding. I kept you longer than I expected. Really enjoyed this deep dive into injuries. A very a niche thing, but something that's become more um, common and more prevalent. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see TV broadcasts bring in an injury co- correspondent here within a few years. Well, you let them know where I am, and I'll. I'll, I'll be your I'll agent. Be I got on. you as long as I get a percentage. Okay. I appreciate it, nonetheless. <laughs> All right, that was Jeff Stotts, the founder of InStreetClothes dot com. Just does an excellent job covering injuries within the NBA. So my thanks to him for taking time to discuss what has been a, a challenging season, not just with the Pacers, but also league wide. Subscribe to the Fieldhouse Files on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. A reminder that if you're not yet on board with The Athletic, you can do so today with our 40% off promo code off the annual price. Theathletic.com forward slash Fieldhouse Files. That'll do it for this episode of The Fieldhouse Files, and I'll talk to you again later this week.